Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm your host. I'm Cole Fergus. As you know, I am joined by my three sidekicks, Gunnar Hilsey, Capo Dan and Danish Gunnar Alex. Well, we've got a special guest in the room because we're doing the preview game to uh, Everton and Arsenal. Uh, a man who played for both sides, Super Kevin Campbell. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Fergus, Ilsey, Capo Dan and Danish Gunnar. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. I, I always try and watch you when I can, but you know, that's few and far between. Um, so finally, I get to be back on with you, Fergus. It's great. Yes, yes, yes. We had you on, of course, a good few years ago since we had yeah, you back, uh, on ago, before. Yeah. So yeah. We, we've moved on. We've now got fancy graphics and all that sort of stuff now. And, and, even a, and a nice tune as well. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, um, before we go anywhere, we need to uh, give a shout out to uh, Magic Mike. Magic Mike has been uh, working for the last 20, and I say working because it is hard bloody work to put these together for an hour um, uh, podcast, but he's been working for 27 hours on the Gooner, uh, uh, Gooner v. Cancer uh, Podathon, uh, raising money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, he's, oh, my screen is just gone huge Ugh. he's he's raising money for um the leukemia uh, lymphoma society trev take over a second i can't see nothing on here i don't oh. don't do that trev come on Ferg. of all the days you had to mess it up mate we've got oh uh, yeah no no i got it i got it back i got it i got it back i got it back so here we are um uh he has raised he's he's aiming to raise uh thirty thousand dollars and he's so far he's raised twenty eight thousand three hundred and thirty two dollars so if anybody's got a couple of quid at the back of the sofa or anything else go to goonersvcancer.com and just give give a fiver give a tenner give give whatever you can if you can't give anything just click on to when after this show he's still going on till nine o'clock tonight go onto youtube and give him a shout up out and just say you, you saw him over here uh well done mike uh congratulations and you're doing a fantastic job ferg it's worth saying mate that if people look in there, if they, it's an American charity, right? But just remember that the work they do benefits people all over the world. It stops, it helps people all over the world fight and eventually, hopefully, eradicate this horrible disease. So if you've got a few quid, stick it in there. It'll be dollars, but it helps everybody. And he's got some good guests as well uh, on his show. You two, yeah, two really good ones this morning. Really good ones, yeah. didn't he, Trev? Yeah. With Peter oh. Jury joining straight after you. Yeah, yeah, that's a sore point for Trev, but we w we'll move on from that one. <laughs> he, he desperately wanted to, well, to be honest, I wouldn't have minded it, but I could imagine, you know what, I think if Peter Jury and Trevor got in the same room, Mike wouldn't get a word in edgeways, because you can imagine Hilsey the way he is, he'd just be off onto a tangent, and it would have been totally lost, totally lost. Kev, I um, Ferg, I would love to chat to him, I'm sorry to cut you off, right? That, that, that man's commentating where the words come into his head from, I do not know. I mean, at the end of the, when we beat Man United on Saturday, he said, it's Rice, Rice, baby, and the Archangel Gabriel stole it right at the end for the Arsenal. 
And he's thought of that, just like that, you know. Where does he get these words from? He feeds us a line and it just makes us want to watch football. Love it. Anyway, Ferg, I'm going to leave you be now. That's it. Yeah. His opening line was, and North London Forever was being sung by the, the crowds, and he said, and here we are at the, the Emirates Stadium, it's North London Forever. And it, again, just as you say, he comes out. I, I put a question in the chat, actually, to Mike, to try and see if, I don't know if it was picked up uh, by by him, but just to see if he scripts any of it, or if he actually just, it, does he think of it on, on the cuff? I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, Kevin, uh, you played for Arsenal. You've done 499 professional games. Uh, how many for Arsenal Football Club? You're the ones who's supposed to be telling me all this, Fergus. Yeah, I keep um, telling you. Don't get me on three. and ask me stats, because I don't do stats. Ah, oh, 166 uh, total, Fergus. Thank you, Gilsey. Thank you. What is, what is it? A quiz? Come on. Don't <laughs> give me none of that. We, we, we were talking before you jumped into in, into, into the studio. Um, Daniel Schooner said, what, what was, um, was Kevin in Copenhagen? Well, Kevin got the Arsenal to Copenhagen because it was your uh, goal against PSG at Highbury uh, to get us through an aggregate, 2-1 an aggregate, to the Cup Winners' Cup in Copenhagen. Uh, Alex, go on, ask your questions about um, Copenhagen and, and Kev's experience. Yeah, I was just uh, I was just wondering wh- whether you've got good memories of Copenhagen, uh, as, of course, you, you came here in 94. I'm not, no, not good memories. Um, great memories. I've got yes. to say, um, it was obviously it was a it was Arsenal's first European final for a long time. So many Gooners travelled uh, across to to Copenhagen, and it's always better when the team win, isn't it? When you win, it is of great course. goal by Alan Smith, great vo- uh, volley by Alan Smith uh, against a really really top Palmer side, but we dug in and we got the victory. And, uh, you know, we celebrated. We celebrated with the fan base. We celebrated on the plane going home. We celebrated when we got back. Because it was it was that important to be able to bring a European trophy back. And let's be honest, there's been maybe better teams that haven't been able to do it. So that just goes to yeah. show how, what a big feat that was. But Copenhagen was, was fantastic. And we also had Faxa. We had John Jensen, didn't we? We had oh, John yeah, Jensen yeah. In, our, in our ranks. So... He was telling us yeah. all about it. Yeah, he came straight after the his uh, his win with Denmark at, at the Euros. That's right. I, w- That's I was really hoping we'd draw draw Copenhagen, but maybe we'll we'll draw them later in the stage of the advance. Hopefully, that that will well, be that, good. That will be good. Yes. Now, now what you need to do is support Copenhagen to beat Man United and get them kicked out of the tournament. Exactly. Uh, that would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be honest, that United side is so poor, it wouldn't surprise me. wouldn't surprise me. Trev, uh, you've been going to Arsenal, man and boy. You must have seen uh, Mr. Mr. Campbell play in a fair few games. We're talking about the Everton game uh, as we go along, but uh, what games do you remember Kevin playing for Arsenal in red and white and then also in blue? You see, it, it's it's been a long time, Fergus. A lot of the games pal into one big bundle, but... I remember, the, obviously, the, the semi-final against um, the goal against Paris and then the final against Palmer. Who, who had, people forget how good a side Palmer were, you know. Yeah. That Zola, uh, Brolin. Who's the that's little Bria. lad who played in Newcastle? That Espria. Espria. They were an amazing side. And it was a proper... For, for me, watching as a fan, Kev, I can remember it being a proper George Graham show. Get a goal and then just... Then just one nil to the Arsenal, game. you know, yeah. dig in. 
Yeah. We got it. And Things get a bit tight, but we, we get there. And Steve Morrow played in midfield in that game, if I remember rightly. Steve, Steve Morrow, Morrow played in midfield. Yeah, Paul Davis. Obviously, obviously, he would have dropped back. But do you know what, Kev? I could, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with, here with you, mate. I, I can't remember any more than one, but I seem to remember you scoring a very decent goal against the Arsenal at Goodison for Everton. And I'm sure you had a little celebrate, mate. What was going on there, pal? You're damn right I celebrated, Ilzy. <laughs> listen, I lo- listen, I love Arsenal, but we needed the points, mate. It's one yeah. of them ones. And, and you know what? I don't get when players... I've done my time of not celebrating. My first goal, league goal for Nottingham Forest, was at Highbury, if you remember. Uh, finished 1-1. I think um, David Platt scored for Arsenal. And I equalised in the second half. And uh, game finished 1-1. I didn't celebrate that one, Ilzy. That was your lot. That was <laughs> that was it. Uh, listen, I've been on I've been on the end of a few hidings by that Arsenal team, by the way. So, you know what I mean? You yeah. celebrate where you can. But listen, it's, it's always my team. Arsenal's always been my team. Um, my first game was 1977. So... You know, I've done the rounds. Um, you know, I've, I've I've been there, not been able to afford to get in. Used to go in when they opened the gates and stuff like that. So, you know, Arsenal have always been my team. But when you play against them, you try and win. Yeah. Well, that's your job, isn't it? That's your job exactly. at the end of the day. Exactly. I mean, that, that that's a... I, I remember that memory you just talked about so well, Kevin. It's something fans don't see nowadays. I used to get in our ivory. I used to be banging on the gate when it was opening, right? And then you get on that North Bank. Well, I used to actually pay to go in the schoolboys enclosure and then get fed through into the North Bank because it was yeah. cheaper. And then watching that ground fill up and fill up and fill up, you know, unbelievable. It was, it was a wonderful place. And you came into that side. Man, you had a reputation amongst us fans. I didn't see you because we didn't see the youth side much in them days. Yeah. But... Was it 59 goals in a season? Well, it was more, but they give they give me 59. Um, because wow. it was just the program, Ilzy. Every week it was the program. How many yeah. Campbell scored? How many Campbell scored? You know, it, it was, was one of them. Um, yeah. but again, it was all about for me, it was all about trying to make it to the first team. Yeah. And I, oh. I'm one of the lucky ones, Ilzy. When I when I what was it, my my home debut. You never beat Des Walker. I got to score in front of the North Bank. You did. People ask me, "Is what's your favourite goal?" That's my favourite goal of all time. By the way, scoring in front cool. of the North Bank, past Nottingham Forest, beating Des Walker to the ball, put it in the corner, and then going up to the North Bank. By the way, for people that don't know about Des Walker, Des Walker was a fine player, England international, and a and a player of some class. And uh, I remember your first goal. Yeah, you see, you lived my dream, Kev. You yes. lived. My dream, a North London lad, you know. I know you were from South London, but yeah, the, the, the is there. Laguna, yeah. Folks, uh, do you mind if I ask Kev one more question? Then I'll keep out of it. I just, I'm going to feed you a line here, Kevin. I don't know if you'll talk about it because you've told me about this before, right? So you're going to fight, sign your first professional contract for the Arsenal, right? Yeah, and you're going, you go and see George Graham, don't you? At Ivory. How did, tell us how that went. Do you right, want me to tell you... the story? Before, uh, tell us. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll, try and, I'll try and condense it because it, it does go on a little bit. But he said to me, right, come and see me at the ground. 
I know what that's about. So I get to the ground. He leaves me waiting downstairs in the marble halls for an hour and a half. Calls me upstairs. You go up the stairs. You get into his office. All the wood paneled office. Massive desk. He's got this big leather chair. And you're on the midget chair. You can barely see over the desk. So he gets this contract out. And he's got a pen in his hand. And he puts it down. And he says, want to sign you on pro forms. Here's your contract. So anybody of note, you turn to the back to see what the numbers are in the contract. So I, I turned it over to the back. And I, I said, I can't sign that gaffer. Anyway, he gives me a volley. He absolutely <laughs> hammers me for about five minutes. Tells me to get the F out of his office. And from there for about six weeks, I get pushed out the reserves. I was with the youth team only. Then when I got in the reserves, I was on the bench and uh, it culminated in going to Oxford. We played at Oxford and uh, do you remember Oxford had two centre-halves, Shot Shottenham Briggs at the back. They were playing in the reserves. I came on with 20 minutes to go. I scored two goals in the dressing room after the game. Everybody's patting me on the back. George Graham was there when he, he comes in. He absolutely hammers me. Next that traded, he said, I want to see you at the ground. Leaves me downstairs for two hours. Brings me upstairs in his office. Same scenario. Sat down in the small chair, barely looking over. Puts the contract on the desk. I turn it to the back and I say to him, I can't sign it. He explains what. He says, why can't you sign it? It's the same contract. So I explain why I couldn't sign it. And then he gets on the phone and says to David Miles, David, bring the other contract in. He brings the other contract in. I turn <laughs> to the back. Uh, and then I say to him, all right, where's the pen when I see the other contract? Just, <laughs> that was George. That was George. If he could get away with a, if he could get away with one, Fergus, lads, he would. Brilliant. Dan, Dan, you you said you were going to jump in. Go on. Yeah, I've, to be fair, I've got I've got two questions. They sort of follow on a little bit from each other. But one thing you said was you know, as a kid watching Arsenal and grew up a fan and obviously still are a fan, but realised pretty much every single person on here, their dream of just playing for their club that they support. So, yeah, first question is just how does it feel playing for the club that you supported as a kid? Um, and how does that compare to, I guess, games you've played for other clubs? Uh, well, you can't compare it to other clubs, um, Dan, if I'm honest with you. You got to remember when I when I was when I started coming through, I'm getting trained by double uh, by double winner, ex captain Pat Rice as a as a as a kid. He's the one shaping and developing your game. He's the one mentally challenging you week in week out. And then you get to be uh, like at 15. I was with the youth team quite a bit at the time, and then I I signed YTS. £27.50 a week. And Pat Rice didn't put me straight away in the team. He just kept me on the sideline and we were training. And um, he was saying to me, because there was lads older than me who were trying to get a contract and stuff like that. And he said, listen, I'm saving you because you've got time on your hands. These lads haven't got time. So, you know, you start building up. George Graham wanted me over there with him, with that back four. Anybody came in when Steve Bold came into the club, right, you got to go against Rambo. 
And he's like, who's this Rambo? Then I come running around the corner and told you, I was like, oh, Boldy, you better get ready. And I think on the, uh, is it the 89 video DVD? He talks about being hardened and trained, playing against me week in, week out. Because George Graham was a stickler for that back five, that back six, um, to be solid and strong. And he, he used, I was one of the players he used. Um, so when you think about all the players that had played for the club, the Arsenal vein that goes through, you know, you had Jordy Armstrong there at, at, at the stages and stuff. You had Pat Rice, you had George Graham as the head. So that's all of that double winning side. That vein is there. Then you had good people, Terry Murphy, Steve Burnshaw in the background. People that went probably unsung in the background, helping develop, you know, Rollcastle, Tony Adams, all those guys came through. Mickey Thomas, they came through with, with these guys. So I was just the next and David Illier and, you know, Selly and Parler and Dickoff and all of us came through. So it was a conveyor belt and most of us supported Arsenal. So you could imagine the tie to the club was incredible. Um, that, but when you go and play for other teams, I mean, I, I, I I did say this to Vic Akers, and I think Vic mentioned this to Jack Wiltshire. When you go elsewhere, it's not the same. You leave Arsenal, the way Arsenal treat you, the way Arsenal look after you, it's not the same. You still get treated well, but it's not Arsenal well. Arsenal, uh, the standards at Arsenal have always been so high. Always mm. been so high. And you know what? It really is. A privilege to play for the club, and there are so many who play for Arsenal and go elsewhere and realize there's clubs and there's there's super clubs, and Arsenal's a super club. Um, well, that's... I suppose we should we, we should we should look at talking about the the game soon, um, uh, the Everton game. But I suppose before we go get on to talking about the game itself. How have you? Uh, it's more about um, the way Arsenal has changed under Arteta and post-COVID and 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 so on. There's been a lot of change. Alex, you you have done your university thesis on crowds and crowd behaviour and how it affects uh, teams. And you you had a, a question for Kevin on this one. Yeah, well, um, I wasn't old enough to uh, to live un under the '91 team and and the and the team you played in back then, but. I've heard there was a special connection between the fans and and the team as well. And since Arteta's took over, he's emphasised the importance of of the connection between the fans and the players. And when you go to Emirates now, there is certainly this special connection, and it's changed over the last couple of years. What does it feel like to have this connection with with the fans, and how important is it for you as a player? Uh, well, Alex, listen. I, I, this is one thing I know. It makes a massive difference when the fans are, are behind you and with you. Um, when you look at the last two, probably two and a little bit years, when Arteta came in, he talked about, you know, getting a, a team that the, the, the crowd will be proud of. And you don't get that without winning. You've got to win games for the crowd to believe. And obviously there were some crazy stuff where there was lockdown and there was no fans in the stadium and you know we lost games at home and it was it was a bad feeling at times plus the dressing room was not right if I'm honest with you and 
you know, we, we saw Mikel Arteta have to have to pay players to leave yeah. the football club. And yeah. you know, that's that was huge for me. That he's 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 that willing to change the culture of that dressing room so the fans could believe in this team. And and let's be honest, spent fifty million on Ben White. At the time there was a lot of keyboard yeah. warriors, maybe. Yeah. Let's just put it that way, who were were disputing it. Looks like money well spent now. Aaron Ramsdale, True. oh, he's a goalkeeper. You know, so we've we've seen the, the with the trials and tribulations, but what are, what are performances that these guys have bought into? They've connected with the Arsenal fan base. They're likable, but I tell you one thing: they will do. They never give up. They always give it their all. And we may, we may come out second best at times, but one thing the Arsenal fan base has always loved is people who have a go and try. And that's what we've got a team of now. Went yeah. close last season. We could have won it, but it just maybe we're just a little bit too too young. But now, when you look at when you look at the squad now, I think we are starting to to build something a little bit special. I and and that, that, that never give up attitude was uh, very evident against Man United uh, at the weekend. You know, we at one point looked like we we're going to lose the game. Thanks to VAR, it remained a draw. And then we went on to win the game 3-1. Three, three, um, last time we went to Goodison, um, it was a special day for me and you, Kev. It was our birthdays. Uh, I wasn't feeling too well, but I was in, in the upper tier at Goodison. And I believe you were covering the Manchester, was it the Manchester United game? Because I know you messaged Hilsey to try and get on yes. Five Live or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing, I was doing, uh, they're, they're so good to me, aren't they? The Kevin Campbell classic, classical. <laughs> on your birthday, they on me, your birthday. They put me on Man United Crystal Palace. That's so nice of them, oh. isn't it? You know? It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But no, I remember um, messaging Hilsey. Uh, listen, the, 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 the difficult part sometimes for, for Arsenal, going to Goodison, and let's be honest, the last couple of times Arsenal have been there, Everton have been awful. But let me tell you, Everton is still a big, proud club who think of themselves as a big club. And when Arsenal come to town, if Arsenal ain't up for the fight, Arsenal are going to lose. Forget the talent-wise, you've got to match them physically first. You match them physically, then you get an opportunity to, to make, you let your talent do the talking. And I just think over the last, last two years, Arsenal physically have not been right. And uh, mm. Everton have, have, have got the, the edge I mean, you remember, was it two years ago, Richarlison probably could, on another day, could have walked away with a hat-trick. We ended up losing the game 2-1, which was probably the end of Aubameyang. We saw Aubameyang coming right at the end. That was the end of him at the club. And last season, we often puffed, had a couple of chances, but in the end, Everton just overpowered us. We tried to change it a bit, but we just weren't clinical enough. And that's one... That's one is it, is, is it a criticism or is it something that I think we need to develop and improve? We need to be clinical because... Do you think we're all over-clinical? Do, we, do you think we overpass the ball in, in, in those sorts of scenarios? Like Everton in that particular game, uh, from memory, Calvin Klein, Onana uh, and another... They, they, could have, they could have been three up in that game. And, yeah, and, and the crowd have. at Goodison, the noise is unreal. Oh, uh, yeah. do you, uh, are, are, we, are we guilty of being over-critical, uh, over-clinical and overplaying the ball sometimes? Well, I wouldn't mind if we're over-clinical by sticking the ball away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but we, we do overplay, don't we, at times, where sometimes we should have a dig from, from 20 yards. We try and get another pass in. But if that doesn't come to fruition, you might as well have had a shot and then react to the rebound or whatever. You know, we've seen deflected goals do matter. You know, little deflections make a big difference. So I think that's something Arsenal have to develop. They have to, they have to be clinical. We have to be killers because let's be honest, Manchester United should have been buried, long dead before we got to even remotely relying on VAR. Fulham should have been over, but yeah. you know. That's an Achilles heel of ours um, at the moment. That's something we have to develop. And over time, I'm sure we will develop it. Um, but in this young side who are, who are growing, now we're at Champions League there. If you don't kill teams off, you can come unstuck. Trev, um, we're going up against Sean Dyche's team. They've had one point in their first four games. Um, Damari Gray, only, that was the other player I was trying to think of, has, has gone off to Saudi Arabia. For eight million pound in a four-year deal, they've just signed Ashley Young, who's seventy-four, I think, or seventy-five. He's, he's definitely he's definitely getting on a bit. Um, you know, it, it, it is a difficult place for us to go to. It always okay. It's been moved to Sunday four thirty. Was originally the five thirty on, on on the Saturday game, but for the Champions League has been moved. You're going up there, and Dan's going up there. What are you expecting? Uh, uh, from 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 the Arsenal up there, you know, we need you know, to go and get three points. It's yeah, it's a good question, Ferg, because I'm expecting this time the same as I've expected the last two seasons. I'm expecting the Arsenal to go up there, put in a, a really good performance, come at Everton all across the park, and uh, and quieten the home crowd. Everton's a, a raucous place when it gets behind its players, as we saw last season and the season before. Everton was struggling, and as the game went on, the crowd lifted and lifted and lifted, and in the end, the crowd carry them to a win. So. I honestly not sure what's happened in the last two seasons, but for honestly, my expectations are the same as I've expected, and I'm hoping them to be right this time. We do a good performance there across the team. We we just seem to be a yard behind Everton all over the park the last couple of years, and I, I don't know what it is. They're just like our bogey side at the moment. And I mean, last year I think it was Dyche's first game, wasn't it? So there'd have been the lift effect of a new manager there. Um, and Deitch is a clever man. He, Everton may be struggling at the moment, but he's a good manager and a clever man, in my opinion. So we're going to have a game on. But as I said earlier this morning, if we play to our best, we'll beat Everton. In fact, I think if this Arsenal side that we've got at the moment plays to its best, I'd fancy us to beat anybody, Fergus. I really mm. would, on a good day, you know. So hopefully we'll turn up, play at our best, and we should beat Everton, I reckon. Yeah, now Dan, I'm going to come to you on this one because I want to look talk about like lineups and and what you potentially would like to see. Um, because we've had uh, some players that are coming back from injury. I know there's some international duty, and Gabriel, they're talking about, had picked up a thigh knock. Um, Jesus is coming back into the squad. Um, you know, there's talk of uh, Raya impressing in training. Do you bring Raya in? You know, do we go with that back four or do we do this three thing with Party? Uh, is Party fit enough to play for the game or is he coming in for the North of the Derby? Uh, Dan? Uh, so many things to go on there. I mean, firstly, I hope this Calvin Klein lad doesn't start because he sounds expensive. Calvin Klein, did I say I, I cocked up again, didn't I? Hey, listen, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't mess it up somewhere. Fergus, along the line, we knew who it. you meant, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> he, wears Calvin Klein. Like yeah, he wears Calvin Klein. He wears Calvin Klein. I've got some Calvin <laughs> Klein on today, yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know what it is when 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 you go to Everton, it's an old-fashioned ground. It's a tight pitch, close to the fans, and anything that goes against you as a team just changes the game a lot more than it would at most other grounds. So we've got to make sure that we're on it from the start and that we just take take control of the game. Last year, I think up against a team that was fighting relegation, you can say sort of mitigating circumstances, but we were a team pushing for the league title at that time and we, and we should have been a lot better than we were and we just wasn't up for it that, that day. I do think the starting eleven for me is quite clear. Um, I've always said I think long-term Ram, um, Raya will be our number one. I think... Unbelievable. I, long-term, I think he's the, be- the better keeper, Trev. I th- but what I think Arteta won't do is drop Ramsdale immediately. It will have it will have to be something that he makes a few mistakes and Raya impresses in training for him to come in. And he won't make or, mistakes. Well, or or, or it will push him to get better, Trent. It'll either push him to get better or, or Raya will come in. But I do think Ramsdale has a mistake in him. And so I think, I, I don't know, long-term, my opinion is Raya comes into the team. But I think for this game, I don't think Ramsdale's done anything wrong to be dropped. I think he deserves to continue his, his place in the team, as do the players that started the last game. I do think Jesus comes into that team ahead of Eddie. Um, I just think Jesus brings a lot more to the team in terms of link-up play, dropping into that space off the striker, dragging defenders out. And you have to do that against an Everton side that's going to be very, very compact at the back, very compact in midfield. If I'm talking about expectations, I think we will win. I think we're the better side against Everton by a mile, I think, if you compare them on paper. But there's there's other things that can change your game, and we need to make sure that they don't happen. And, and you do that by taking control of a game from the start and... Dan, As we said, be clinical and take our chances early. Dan, uh, we were having a chat on on WhatsApp before um, about Eddie in particular, and you had a, a, a theory on Eddie. Like, listen, listen, we've Eddie's had plenty of critics and plenty of the keyboard warriors that Kevin was talking about ha- have their say on 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 social media and everything else, and we're not having a go at a player because for any player to be in a top flight team in the Premier League, never mind, or even the Championship, they've reached a bloody high level. To be at a top Premier League team playing in Champions League football, he's reached a level. He's there. But you had had a question. I just wanted to place it in the right place because you had a question just around how he succeeds and and goes on from there. Yeah. I mean, firstly, that that, that isn't a criticism of anyone that I think, like, for example, Ramsdale comes out of the team because... We've got fantastic players sitting on the bench that are good enough to be starting. And we've got competition, as you should have as a top club. So this isn't criticising anyone. It isn't criticising Eddie saying, I think he should be on the bench. I just think at this moment in time, Jesus probably brings more to the team. But it was actually a question um, for you, Kev. So looking sort of back at your career and how it started and how Eddie's career started, both sort of through the, the youth teams, both as you come into the first team set up, having to compete with, very, very good strikers. Now, I don't think you can compare Aubameyang and Lacazette to sort of the likes of, sort of Smudger and the Hartsons and Ian Wrights in, the, in your day, but a similar scenario where he's coming up against very, very good strikers and he's got to do something to displace them from the team in order to not just succeed at Premier League level, but to be that world-class striker that starts week in, week out and gets 30-odd goals a season. So question to you was, what do you think Eddie needs to do now to get to that level and also from you being in a position similar, what advice would you give to him at this moment? Uh, good question, uh, Dan. Uh, I think he's got to develop and learn. I think Eddie being that 
fox-in-the-box type player. We know that's what he can do. He can get on the end of crosses and, and he can finish. But as you just said before, the reason why you want Jesus in the team, because Jesus not only can do that as well, but he brings so much more to, to the Arsenal. He makes everybody better. He's hold-up play. He's play where he doesn't just stay in the middle. He could drift wide. He could dribble. He can beat people. I'm not saying Eddie has to do all those things, but Eddie has to learn how to add more strings to his bowl. That's what happened with me. I was a I was a league title winner in '91. Club bought Ian Wright, and I found myself out of the team. So what do you do? You can either throw your toys out the pram, or you could learn, get learning. You get on the training ground, and that's what I done. I got on the training ground, and maybe I learned to be a little bit more like Alan Smith than Ian Wright because. That part of it, right, he was always going to play. So with my attributes, if I could add a little bit of what Smudger does, that then makes me a more valuable player. And that, that allowed me to be able to play multiple positions by learning. So I think that's what Eddie needs to do. Eddie's a good player. He works hard. He grafts. Just needs to keep adding those strings to his bow, become better. I think the Champions League is going to help that. You know, Eddie might be coming off the bench in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes of games. He's going to learn so much more. He's with England now, so his confidence is going to be high, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll play some minutes for England. So that, for me, the development and the progress of Eddie is really important. Look, we kept Eddie and let Balogun go. So that tells you everything. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it shows because I think Eddie Eddie is a hard worker and I think it shows the way he obviously trains as well that that he's liked by Arteta. Um, just a follow-up question on that is also at some point as a striker, you've you've played out wide as well in games to accommodate strikers up top. And and we've seen that a couple of times with Eddie. But what as a striker does that bring to your game to play out wide and learn that role as opposed to being up the middle? And also how does that motivate you to do more to start in I guess your preferred role up top. Well, you, well you, your, your priorities change a bit because you're more of a supplier. But the, the, but the key is when the ball's on the opposite side or you do get the opportunity to, to, to get your shot off or to get goals, you've got to chip in with goals. You know, mm. we, we talk about Martinelli and, and Saka right now. We need them in double figures. You know, there are wide players... We want Jesus to be 18 to 25 goals, but we need Saka and Martinelli to kind of mirror what 13, they've done 14. last season. Do you know what I mean? So for me as a striker, yeah, I have played wide, but your, your priorities change because you come a bit more of a supplier. But when you do get your, you've got to get those goals as well. So your instincts is changed, but your goal scoring instinct still has to be with you because Chipping in with goals is is so important from a wide area. Yeah. Do you think that will help develop his game to be a bit more like Jesus in dropping deep and and as you said, be a supplier rather than just a fox in the box type player? Yeah, I, I think he's got to add to that because I I remember look, Eddie scored two goals and got the penalty against Crystal Palace, and people the keyboard warriors again were saying, "Oh, he's not good enough for Arsenal." Well. The key is you've got to be able to affect a game. Eddie got the penalty, quick thinking, quick movement at Crystal Palace, wins the penalty. That's sometimes, that's the only opportunities you might get to affect a game. First half, he was unlucky with one, 
The other one he should have scored. That's all part of being a striker. You are going to miss some. <laughs> you know, fans fans who are on the end of the, the keyboard or sitting at home have never missed a chance in their life. When you're on the pitch, you're going to miss because you're up professional against professional. Eddie's going to learn. He's learning. He's got good He's got good people around him who can help him. And, and I think if he ups his game and he develops his game, We've got, we've got, we're gonna have a really good player on our hands. Really good, Alex. I think uh, he has, he has improved as well, Eddie. I think he he gets more involved involved in games as well. When you look compared to a couple of years ago, where he was he just used to just stay up that, the pitch, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. was that you know fox what? in the box. Where now he gets more involved and uh, and uh, links up, and he works so hard as well. So I think he has evolved, and hopefully he'll keep evolving as well. Just finish you know off, Eddie. Yeah, myself, you know sorry, Trev. Just one second, mate. Uh, just and then you have the final word. But I was saying we were chatting in the car when I was in the car this morning, and we were talking about Eddie and, and doing some chat about what what we're going to talk about tonight. And the thing I've noticed an awful lot about him, uh, how much he's grown as a man as well in the in the last um, uh, in the last year or so, because he used to come on and do the media work, and he was quite meek and mild and boyish. Now he's standing up whether he's wearing an England shirt or an Arsenal shirt, and he's standing there going, you're all listening to me. I'm Eddie Nketiah. Listen to me. And and I think that's really good. Not only has he bulked up and everything else, but uh, you, you can see him growing in as a person. I'm, I'm sounding like I'm, I'm bloody psychologist or whatever. Trev, I'm looking too intelligent here. Come on. Knock me down a no, bit. There's no danger of that, folks. <laughs> from I, I've been, I've I've said for for a while. I want to see more from Eddie. I want to see him develop. When, and in fairness to the lad, I think he's done that this season. I think he's a mm. better player this season. He looks a stronger player, definitely. I think his effort levels are up. And I will tell you what's going to happen this week. He's going to come on tomorrow night against Scotland, score a goal, be buzzing. He'll play against Everton, score a hat trick, and he'll be everyone's hero. Come on, Eddie. You know, I, I I love what the kid's done this year. You know, I'm quick enough. I don't go in hard on players, but I'm quick enough to say if I think they should be doing better. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that. And I've said that. So if I've said that, now I'm going to say, Eddie, keep doing what you're doing this year. Keep improving like you have clearly have this year. Clearly have improved. And we've got a player on our hands. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, Dan, uh, not Dan, Alex, um, the um, Everton squad, you've got Onana, Calvert Lewin, um, uh, Dwight McNeil. Uh, you've you've they've got some decent players in there. You know, you've even got Deli Ali. Could he could he could he feature and play for them? Who who do you see in that side that we need to watch out for, and where are their main threats coming from in that Everton side? Well, um, well, they've just sold Iwobi, uh, a player we know very well, um, and he was one of their best players for the last couple of years. Um, but they've really cried out for loud for a, a good striker. Uh, ever since they sold Richarlison, they've really lacked goals, and that's that's really what they've lacked uh, at the beginning of the season as well. Because Cal Calvert Lewin's been been injured so much, um, but they've they've bought a guy uh, Beto, Portuguese striker, a big big striker as well. But he moves very very well, um, so I think uh, we have to look out for him. He's he's a brilliant player, um, and I think he he could cause some uh, some trouble for us. And then as you mentioned, Onana, he's a brilliant midfielder. Uh, he's so tall, physical, um, good engine as well. Um, I'm not sure if we'll see Delhi Ali. Possibly we could, but um, but uh, my player to watch out for would, would probably be uh, be the new striker Beto, who, who started uh, 
against uh, Sheffield uh, Wednesday, uh, Sheffield United. Uh, sorry, yeah, last game as well. And um, and then Dan Schumer, who uh, who's come in this season as well, who can add those goals and assists um, that they need. He scored last game as well. He's a he's a good player. He didn't get much time last season at uh, at Tottenham, but um, he he's a very good player as well. We should uh, watch out for. Mm. I, think also, yeah. quickly, I think I think the Corey is is a big big player for them. Yeah, he, you know, he scored he also, uh, scored last game as well. When they're, when they're direct, he feeds off of a good striker, and he's got the legs in midfield to get up and get back, and and he scored a lot of important goals for Everton. So if they're missing the likes of you know Gray that's not there or Wobi that's not there. I think the Corey is the guy that we need to watch. Trav, the traditionally, um, uh, Sean Dyside is traditionally set pieces and very, very defensive. Can you see it being anything different? You're on mute, by the way, mate. Can you see um, it being anything different um, uh, on Sunday? What, what are you, what do you think it is? Is it going to be a difficult side to break down? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Sorry, mate. Do you know what Kevin Trev sounds like? I thought you said Kev. I'm so sorry. Of course, they're going to be a difficult side to break down. Um, it's the way they always are against the Arsenal. In fact, in fact, as we said just now, they've been that difficult to break down the last couple of seasons that we haven't broken down. You know, mm. so we we need to play to our strengths. I think. I think we've got enough strengths in this Arsenal side, not to worry too much about the opposition. Obviously, we plan against opposition we play. But if we get Odegaard and Saka and Martinelli and Jesus and Eddie up top moving the ball around and we get um, Saliba and Gabriel playing it out from the back nicely, we should be able to play the ball around Everton on our, in our best form and, and, and win the game. So really, for me, I'm not, I'm not worried about Everton. I'm worried about us turning up and putting in a performance this time for yeah I thought I think we need to dictate the game and, 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 and control the, control the narrative more than anything else. Kev, um, and that's Kev, as in Kev. Okay. Yeah, not Jeez. not Trev. Just, just and K. I know they're similar, but just just. Put me here in yeah, <laughs> uh, Kev. Um, you got uh, Party and Rice both can play the number six role. How would you line up? Uh, we saw how Rice played wonderfully, I think, against Man United in that six role. Um, and we've seen Rice and Party together. Okay, now that's strange formation with uh, uh, Party dropping back. But assuming that we'd use a back four with Gabrielle and Ben White and and Zinni and and, and uh, Saliba, um, what what setup do you do in that area? Do you do you drop Party to play Rice? Do you play? Do you drop Rice to play Party, or do you play both of them? And in what way? I don't think Party will be fit, so. Okay. Um, I think it'll be the same. I think it'll be the same team. Uh, it, it, you know the funny, the funny thing you mentioned, Fergus. <coughs> when we invert from the right, everybody's up in arms. Oh, this this doesn't work. You see Zinchenko. Zinchenko won the left off. He was playing center. He was playing right hand side, past Declan Rice. So everybody, this is the way we play. We play. We keep the three at the back. Solid, and then we let the fullback or one fullback join in into midfield. I think it was one of the first games against Man United where I I was interested to see Arsenal without Thomas Partey and see how Declan Rice carried the team. Yeah, and we didn't miss Thomas Partey. Let's be honest, we didn't miss him. We could we controlled the game. The major we controlled the majority of the game. And uh, we should have been out of sight. 
deservedly won the game. I think Declan Rice obviously starts at six. I think much maligned Kai Havertz. You know, Kai Havertz, you know, he turns the wrong way. You know, keyboard warriors are on him. But I was at the Emirates with, with some of you guys. And I thought the Arsenal crowd had, were, were good with him, if I'm honest. If yep. I'm honest with you. I thought they were good with him. You know, he, 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 he made a couple of mistakes. But you know what? He put some challenges in. He grafted hard. He won the ball back. And let me just say, that move where he should have got the penalty, but the penalty was taken off us, that's where we need to see a bit more of his confidence. Because normally he would have just controlled it and passed it back. This time he got it and he drove between two players. Should have been a penalty. Referee, yet again, goes against the Arsenal. But we need to see a bit more of that from Kai Havertz. And what, I think, watching that I think live, we will. Watching that live, I actually thought it was a penalty. Watching the, the VAR and the replay, I actually agreed with the with the referee and I thought it wasn't a penalty that Kai had made a bit more of it than, than he needed. There wasn't enough contact from the Man United player. But uh, yeah, Ferguson, go on, on, do that. Now I've got to follow up. I've got to follow up from there. But yeah, go on. Hold on one second. And this is why this VAR thing is crazy. Because Manchester United got a penalty very similar against Nottingham Forest. Rashford, yeah. No challenge. There's minimal contact. But there is contact. But there wasn't just one contact on Kai Havertz. There was two from two players converging on him. So if you give the Manchester United one, and this is the problem with consistency, if yep. you give the Manchester United one, you have to give the Kai Havertz one because there was two bits of, of contact. Yeah. Was it soft? Yeah. But the United one was soft. Hmm. So this is I, where me and VAR split because we 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 we've had we've had this conversation till we're blue in the face about uh, the, the VAR in principle works and 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 the idea of it, but the problem is the people who are actually implementing it, and it leaves the game open to uh, to uh, compromise. Uh, it's all very much a matter of interpretation, where it should be a matter of fact. Is it is it a law broken or is it not a law broken? Following up on Kai Havertz, and you said like you know things aren't just coming off right for him and he just lacks that little bit of confidence. What is that like when you've got 60,000 people staring at you and you can hear sometimes, okay, the Emirates wasn't, as you said on Sunday. I thought the, the fans were really good. But you can you, sometimes you can feel that gasp of, oh, Jesus, just just score. What does that feel like? Yeah, it, listen, it, it, as a player, you know. Kai Havertz knows he's under massive pressure because... Every day, people are talking about it. So, him missing that opportunity where the ball comes from in the box, he takes a touch, you know, and he should bury it, really. And he, and he miskicks it. He just barely gets a touch on the ball. That, that's, that's a little bit of nervous. That's a little bit of pressure. But the only way to get through it is to play through it. Mm. That's the only way to, to get through it. And keep doing, keep doing, keep getting in there, keep doing the right things. And then you start to build your confidence again, because do you think the goal against Everton clicks him back into into gear? Well, uh, any goal, trust me, any goal makes a huge difference. But doing the right things, good performances, help the confidence grow. And you know what? We're only what four games in. Yeah. And you know, 
I'll be honest with you, Fergus. I was proud of the Arsenal fans, the way they the, the way they managed the game on on Sunday because it wasn't. Oh, it was, you know, there, there were there were some, but majority backed him. And he's a new player, he's learning a new system, he's, he's getting away from, what is it, how many years at Chelsea where he was all over the place? It takes a bit of time. And, you know, we would all love it to just happen all at once. But for him, it's going to take a bit of time. But I truly believe he has the quality to, to be good for Arsenal and... I think the Champions League, we're going to see uh, a better Kai Havertz. Yeah, European football, I think, will really suit him. Trev, do you want to follow up on that? Yeah, it's re- it's really interesting listening and, and talking about a crowd, you know, because the crowd haven't been on Havertz's back, or 99.9% haven't. But if you go back three or four seasons, five seasons, six seasons, when we were in the trough, Havertz comes into that side and the crowd are going to pull him to pieces. Because... Yep. That crowd then, I used to go in them days with a hope that we would put in a performance, right? Hope. Now I go to a game expecting a performance. That's how much it's changed, right? And this crowd, this crowd, 99% of our fan base, they trust Arteta. They look at our players and see that they're all playing for that badge on their chest, right? So the, the, I'm sure they're going to give Havertz the time and... and and, and I said it before, and I agree with Kevin exactly. I think Havertz is a confidence player. I think he gets one and watch him go from there, you know. So let's hope he gets a goal quickly in the next two or three, or next week, hopefully. And we'll see a different player, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a player in him. You know, Ar- Mikel Arteta doesn't spend £60 million on a player that's not got some capability within him, right? You know, we've done that, been there. We don't need to cover that again. I trust our manager and Ed Yu and the backroom people to get us the right players. They've shown that they're doing it. So we've got to give Havertz a chance. And I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And we can see, like, with Vieira, a player who didn't look like he had much confidence last season, how much he's changed this season. Just He looks mm. full of confidence, and he, he's been brilliant the last couple of he's games. He's been game-changing so. the, the two games yes. that came on. He, he, he exactly. totally transformed the games. So, yeah, so it, it is, it's it important. Is... Um, a follow on, a follow on from that, Kev. Uh, sorry, it sounds like it's, it's a question, Kev uh, podcast, but it, it's really just from our point of view, really interesting to he- hear what it's like from your point of view as a player who's played. So in the days in Highbury, and uh, and I suppose translate that into the Emirates now. You got guys like Capo Dan up there, and 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 the rest of us in Block Five, losing our voices, drinking lots of beer just to keep her lubricated. It's purely for the lubrication purposes. Um, but we're singing and screaming and we're getting an hour before and an hour and 15 minutes beforehand. Do, do, does that get felt and 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 in the dressing room? I know in hybrid days there's different design and everything else, but you, you're in the bowels of the stadium. You 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 get to hear the noise and not where we are. How, how does that come across? Fergus is still the same. It really is still the same. You, you feel it when you get to the stadium, when you interact with fans, you, you drive into the stadium, you see the Arsenal fans, you know, at the pubs, the Tolentern and all that. The, you, you would see it, you get the feeling on the street and you, th- there's an energy that comes with it. And it's a good energy. And then, you know, the team, the anticipation of the team coming out to warm up, you get that feeling. Whereas, as Hillsy said a few years ago, it was, I wonder what Arsenal's going to turn up. Now, you're expecting a performance. And uh, do you know what I think? 
Arsenal still only at 60% capacity at the moment. Mm. We haven't wow, really... really? Yeah, I do. I, I honestly think we're only at 60% capacity. We haven't defended properly most of the time, apart from probably Crystal Palace. We haven't, as an attacking force, put a full game together like we have maybe at the start of last season. I still think there's people finding out where to play and who, how they play with each other. But that's the beauty. That's what we see from Manchester City most of the time. They play at 60% capacity. Then after Christmas, New Year, they ramp it up 70, 80, 90. And come the end of the season, they just wear you out because they are cooking. I don't want to cook yet. I want to win. But I don't want to cook yet. I want the team to, to develop and grow. Mm. Dan, it's really good to hear what Kevin said there. It gave me a little bit of excitement that what we do every week that we've been doing since post-lockdown... Uh, really does make a difference, like the, the buzz in the place. And uh, like I always say, uh, hats off to you because you're the man in the middle uh, doing it. Have you any questions on, on on that sort of side of things? No, to be honest, it just, it, it sort of validates it and means keep doing it for me. Um, mm. and, and exactly the same reason why we keep saying, keep singing the Kai Havertz song. And, and you know, that just get behind the lads. I've never understood a fan that will go to a game and criticise a player. I mean, you can have your opinions. I've got my opinions. Everyone here has got their opinions. We don't have to stop criticising a player, but it's giving a judgment and as you see it. But there's a time and a place. And I think when you're in a stadium, and I've said this many times about, I know I've got to be in my bonnet of fans leaving early in bits when we concede or be losing. That's the time when you're a fan. You need to get behind the players and, and pick them up again and do your bit as a fan. It's easy when you win in, you can sit there and sing. When things are not going well is when you need to be singing and that's when you need to pick the players up. So, um, yeah, obviously not, nice to hear. And just as, as a fan, just means keep keep doing it. Everyone I'll here be honest, I thought everyone Sunday, goes to the game. And I thought Sunday the fans were, were immense. I really yeah. did. I thought the fans last Sunday were immense. In, in, you know, we missed a few chances as well. Let's be honest. We we missed a couple of sitters and we thought to ourselves, you know, is it not going to be our day? They scored and obviously got pegged back. But I think the crowd kicked on again. The crowd kicked on. The team kicked on and ended up, wow, what, what a couple of goals in, in uh, Arteta time, should I say. Yeah. And do you know Arteta what? Time. As a player and as an ex-player, who covers the games, who looks on. I love to hear when other people start saying, you're celebrating too, but I love it. Celebrate even more. Get more beer down, you boys. Enjoy it because you know what? Five years ago, as Hillsy said, there's times where you're probably drowning your sorrows because you don't know what to expect from the team. If you can't enjoy this, if you can't enjoy watching Arsenal Football Club get better and look to challenge and be back in the Champions League, when, have you, when are you ever going to enjoy it? Well, as you yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was just going to say the same. I mean, the same was about Man United, the Man United game. If you can't get up for Man United or you can't get up for Spurs that's coming or the Champions League coming back, I think you've got a problem. But it's the games against the so-called smaller teams where fans just need to keep the same energy and the same, you know, just as vocal as always. Keep singing, get behind the players and... Yeah, that... yeah, it, it does help. The, the, the talk man isn't a myth. It's been there for years. And that, you know, there are some parts of football that develop. There are some parts of football that are exactly the same and haven't changed for years. 
yeah, the early kickoffs and and as you said, like I remember, oh, it was in in the toxic era when we played Cardiff and uh, I think it was a January or February and you have a feet froze from the the the, the 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 concrete up and yeah, they they are tough games. They are tough games. Um, you touched on Arteta. Arteta played uh, and captained Everton. He played and captained uh, Arsenal. He's also played at Rangers and Barcelona. Um, how do you think he's changed change in Arsenal Football Club? Because you talked about when you were there and um. Uh, how well the club look after you and traditionally how, how how Arsenal does. It seems like there was almost a reset done and we went back to almost the George Graham era um, when Arteta took over and he had his like his unconditionals and everything else. How do you think he's changing the team tactically and emotionally and, you know, spiritually or whatever other word you want to use to... How do you think he's doing that? Kev, not Trev. Uh, I, I think it's characters. I think it's the character... Um that he has to bring into the dressing room. Because, don't forget, Mikel Arteta was number two to Pep, playing against Arsenal and wiping the floor with Arsenal. And some of the Arsenal sides that turned up, on paper, you could say, we should be giving them a much better game than we're giving them. And why weren't we? We weren't giving them a game because the dressing room weren't right, the attitude weren't right, the mindset weren't right. And I think it was you and Hills who mentioned about that badge weighs heavy on people and a lot of people can't handle that badge. To play well, let alone be successful in that badge, hmm. to, to play in that badge, it comes with a lot of pressure. It comes with a lot of privilege. It's a privilege to play for Arsenal, guys. Let me tell you. So, you know, you guys, you go and you enjoy enjoy yourselves and that. But when you go out there as an Arsenal player, it's a privilege to play in front of the, the fan base. It's a privilege to win for the club. And when you don't win, you get criticised because you don't, we're the Arsenal. It's that simple. So, Mikel Arteta went in there and he's realised the players I've got in this dressing room cannot do it. He... He could do it in a cup, won the FA Cup, because that they're one-off games. But the key to any team is the consistency. And that's one thing we haven't had for years. So he started to buy younger. He started to develop. He started to get in characters. Gabriel come in, party come in. And you see, he must have had the balaclavas on because some of the prices that he paid for some of these players, he stole them. Guys, didn't he? He stole some of these guys. But now, as Hilsey rightly said, you go to the Emirates and you expect the team to perform. That's the difference. Whereas before, you weren't sure. Now you expect them to perform. But I still believe we're only at 60% capacity. I still think there's the ceiling is we've got 40% to grow. Well, last one on that. So, uh, Alex, sorry, Alex, because it's just a couple of things that you say that make me jump in. You had almost Invincibles in 91 with, with the team that you were in. You won the league. You had the Invincibles in 2004. Is the class of 23, 24, are they as good as those two sides? Or could they be better? Could be. Could is, but yeah. Uh, again, they've got to th that ceiling. You know, that's, that's 40% I mentioned. You've got to start developing and, and bringing that forward. Got to start learning to be clinical and kill teams off. That's what the best sides do. If you could kill teams off, do you know what? I want to be at the Emirates, being pit side, 3-0 after 55 minutes. That's what I want. 
I don't think I, I don't have I don't have that yet. I want to be able to hear all the songs the Arsenal fans getting get ready to go to the pub after to celebrate after 55 minutes. I don't see that. I see that at Man City. I see that at Liverpool. I don't see it at, at, at the Emirates. That's how we've got to be. We've got to be clinical and be able to... I used to do it under George Graham at Ivory, Kev. If you scored and we went 1-0 up at Ivory under George Graham, I'd go and get a beer because I think, well, we ain't going to lose now. You knew it. it. You knew. You knew. Yeah, knew. But, but that's the thing. We still have... 40% capacity to grow. There's still a bit of communication at the back that we need to that we need to get right, i.e. the Rashford goal. We need to get the communication right because there's no way Marcus Rashford should be able to pick the ball up, go in his right foot and score when we got our back four in line. No chance. Yeah. It's, do you know what? I've started a question, Kev, from Irish Mick, and it's been my view over the last year or two Someone said it to me ages ago, and it, it rings true with me. To win a league, to win the Premier League, you've got to win in the Northwest, right? Everton, City, Man United, and uh, Liverpool. You go there to them places and win, you're likely to win the league. Last season, we dropped a lot of points up there. So, what? how do you think we're going to do better this year? How, how do you look at this going, mate? Well, we've got to, Ilzy. We've got designs on winning that league. We don't want Man City to do four in a row, be the first club. No. We've got designs. We don't invest all that money for nothing. So we've got to be able to go up, up north and win. And I tell you what, big test is this Everton. Everton is always a big test to see where you are. Because if you can go to Everton and get a win, then, you know, all right. So that's one hoodoo out the way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what you've got to do. You've got to put the hoodoos and you've got to knock the hoodoos off. Still taking care of business in the, in the, in the London derbies, which is coming. So we've, we've got a great record in, in London, but you're right, Northwest, they're the battles. They're the battles. They're West. That's where you go into war. And if you win, if you win them, you, you stand a real good chance of winning the league. Yeah. So can I just ask one more, mate? Because yeah, yeah, this, this is very personal to me, yeah. right? This is very personal to me in that it, I find it interesting you saying you think they've got 40 more percent to find them. And trust me, my friend, I hope you're right. Because as an Arsenal fan, I've seen us win every trophy, right? And I'm desperate to see us win the Champions League. I'm 61 years old, desperate. Am I going to see it in my lifetime, mate? Am I going to see us win the Champions League? Yeah, I think you will, Hilsey. I I think what Mikel Arteta's building right now is going to be a super team. They're getting all... You look at the the age of the team. Yeah. And when you look at the age of the team, most of them are are tied up on contracts. I remember there was meltdown. Saliba's not going to stay. He's signed. You know, Saka signed. Your Erdegaard's got to sign a, a new deal. You know, you've got Ramsdale on a long contract. You've got eh, Ben White's on a contract. You've got them all signed. You bring in Declan Rice. All of these guys are going to develop at the same time. They're all develop together. Oh, yeah. So Great. you think about it. And I know it's crazy sometimes to try and jump ahead. We should never do that. But we're only going to get better. One, two, three years' time, what this Arsenal side's going to be like. Adding pieces. You look at Timber at the back. 
injured. We, we, we miss this guy so much. He is an absolute baller who can play multiple positions just as well. We are, we, we are going to have a super squad. We really are. Martinelli, how good is he going to be in three years? Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, so again, you keep adding these pieces to the mix and everybody's growing up together. The fan base are growing with them. I, I'd like to think, Hilsey, we can get the job done in the Champions League. Listen, it does look like it's all coming year. together. It, it does look like it's all coming year. together, you know, on and off the pitch. I'm uh, excited. Exactly. Uh, the planets are aligning, Hilsey. Yeah. I've got yeah. a quick follow-up for you, Trev, because I want to know what you're doing in June 2024, mate, when you should be at Wembley, when we're going to win it this year, let alone in the future, mate. Well, I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. Because, you know, a lot of the fans have said, oh, European final at Wembley, it won't be the same. Trust me, it will be the same. It will be the same. You will have Arsenal fans coming from all four corners of the earth to get to Wembley. And if they can't get a ticket, Islington, Highbury will be rammed. Every pub will be rammed to the rafters. It will. Be, I mean, if, if that game's on a Wednesday night, I'm just telling my missus and she's watching. It'll be a Saturday. Right. If that game's on a Wednesday and we win at Wembley, I ain't coming home for a week. I ain't coming home for a week. <laughs> I'm having the biggest party I've ever had. And if I turn my toes up at that party, I don't care. I've seen it all. The club I love, you know how much I love them. I've got it written all over me, right? But the club I love will have done it. That's all I ask. That's all I want to see, Dan. So, yeah, you're right, mate. Wem Wembley. And do you know why I've got so much hope? And in credit to you and Fergus, and the Ashburton Army boys, you've given us, you've helped give us that hope because the players can do so much on the field. And then, like Kev said earlier, the, the, the fans become the 12th man to give that extra lift. And I'm sure I, I'm just gone full circle here. I'm, I'm not waffling, but. Oh, yeah, you are. You wouldn't be you if you didn't waffle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah, yeah, you're waffling. North London forever, right? Before that game now, those players must grow six inches, don't, don't they, Kev? Don't they? It's a, it's a it's a massive boost. It's a massive. Listen, they were talking a few years ago about the Emirates being a library. You never hear yeah, you never hear anymore. that anymore, do you? You no. never hear it anymore. Now you're hearing people saying the Emirates is what it one of the if not the loudest around. That's what we need. But we needed a team on the pitch to do it. Now we got it. Let's keep it going. Yeah. But I mind think... you, what was it like? What sorry, Alex, you jump in after this. What was it like uh, when that first game, Declan Rice uh, got out in the pitch? You could see that he got enveloped with the atmosphere when North London went uh, forever. But for, for 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 a, a former West Ham captain to put the shirt on for Arsenal for the first time and sing our new Arsenal anthem, it's just it's just really must have gotten his head. Definitely got the West Ham fans' head. <laughs> uh, listen, Fergus, I think Declan Rice. He used to look at Arsenal from afar, didn't he? That, that's that's what you got to do. And let, let's be brutally honest. You know, West Ham, really, really good club. Great club. But it's not the Arsenal. You know, the expectation levels are totally different. And you leave a West Ham to go to Arsenal if you want to improve your career. And he got the opportunity. And I think he's just immersed himself in everything Arsenal. I think he was getting um, Saka and Ramsdale and all the guys were telling him how good it is. And he was intrigued, wasn't he? And to be able to get him before City got him, 
that 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 tells you everything. Yeah. Mm. Alex? Yeah, I, I just wanted to go quickly back to what you said before, Kev, because I thought it was a brilliant analysis. And I think we're seeing, I think this year we're feeling it more and more, the pressure from other fans. And I think we've got our expectations as well. I think we have to remember Arteta hasn't designed and built this team to peak this year. I think, as you said, we've got so many young players and long contracts and they'll grow together over the next couple of years, two, three, four years. And we don't have to win everything this year. I think we'll we'll be in all of the competitions and compete for it. But it's not the end of the world if we don't win the Champions League this year because I don't think our team is designed to peak this year. We've got so many young players and they'll, they'll win over the next couple of years. I'm sure of that. Alex, let me just say this to you, mate. This is the most important thing I'm going to say on this channel today. I want it now. I want it this season. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Alec. I want it this season because if we get it this season, all of a sudden, the youngsters understand what it takes to win. That's why, you know, people throw shade on the Community Shield. I thought that was so important for us to win. It, it. is, yeah. It is. It was but so it important. And Silverware matters, guys. Silverware matters. And yeah, we might not win everything, Alex. You're right. But you know what? I want, I'd like minimum two big trophies, if you don't mind, Mikel Arteta. I'd love that. That's not too much, is it? I, I think it's important we win something this year because the pressure will just keep adding and adding. And yes. I mean, we have spent quite a lot of money. We've got some good players in the squad. So we have to, we have to win at least something. But yeah, Alex, I'd love the Champions League as well. <laughs> Alex, we'll be in it, mate. We'll be in it. It's, it's yeah. really, it's 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 really interesting about the charity shield because I take a different view about the charity shield to some people. Right? You don't walk into the charity shield. You don't just go and play in it. You have to win more games to play in the charity shield than you do to win the FA Cup or the or the European Cup. You have to win lots of games to get into the Community Shield, and it's a trophy for me. It's a trophy for me, and it lifted the fans. What a day at Wembley we had! What an amazing day at Wembley we had! You know, so I'm taking that charity shield as a trophy, and hopefully, hopefully, it's the first of two or three this season. You know, you know? it was against City as well. Ilzy, yeah. let me let me just let you into a little secret. I was doing Man City TV in Manchester, right? And I was with Paul Dickoff and Keith Curl, right? City score, they think they've won it. Obviously, we make changes. Trossard, Trossard gets the equaliser with a deflection. Penalties, and we win it on penalties. Let me tell you something. They were gutted. Yeah. Why? Absolutely. Why were they gutted? It weren't, oh, it's just the community shield. They're gutted because the mentality is it's another trophy and we need to keep Arsenal down. They don't want Arsenal getting that feeling of winning trophies. No. They want to keep us down. So that's the key. As I said to Alex, we've. I want it now. I want trophies now. This team have to understand what it takes to win. Have that feeling. Bigger, better players want to join. Get our squad up to speed. So we can probably do yeah. madness we, moving forward. It's important. We went 1-0 down in the Community Shield. Playing against the best club, arguably... The best club side on the planet, right? We went 1-0 down. 
And did we stop playing like you would have expected years ago? Not a chance. We actually lifted it. Yeah. We actually lifted it. And, you know, we thoroughly deserved our equaliser on, on the run of play. And then we, we, we were very comfortable in the penalties. It, it's a trophy. And you're right, Kev. We played exceptionally well. And I'm, I'm shouting about it all day long. I'm backing down because it's a charity shield. I'm shouting about it all day. Hey, I was that excited. I got my bloody tats out again at Wembley. Didn't I? I can't believe it. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he, it, Kev, he shoved his tats in my face. Honestly, I've had oh, some women do that, but like, no, I've never had Peelsy do that before. <laughs> hey, listen, we, we, we've kind of all over the place. I've really enjoyed it. It's been really interesting. Um, but the reason we came on here was to preview the, the Everton game. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, uh, Kev, and I'm going to ask you to give a score prediction. I know your, your allegiance are Arsenal, but you've also been in Everton, and, and Everton fans t take you really close to their heart. But honestly, what do you feel the score, score prediction is going to be uh, on uh, Sunday? Yeah, I, I, on Sunday, I think Arsenal are going to get the job done. Um, I think Arsenal right now have developed into a side who can go away, defend properly away from home. Mm. And and hurt the opposition. Um, I think Arsenal are going to get the job done. I said I said two one uh, earlier on today, and uh, you know what? Set pieces might that's uh, an Achilles heel Arsenal have to deal with. But I might just go on here two nil. Two -nil. Alex, yeah. what are you, what are you going? Yeah, I mean we've lacked. Uh... I mean, we haven't been been too clinical at the start of this season, but Everton's been even worse. So I really hope we can keep our good record of uh, away clean sheets and, and have another one. And I'll I'll go with the same as Kev two two nil, and hopefully a, a Kai Havertz goal so he can build his confidence as well. That would be fantastic, Capo. I'm going three nil. Um, I think we we're underestimated now in, in terms of how much of a tall side and big side we actually are. We've developed quite a big side now under Arteta. So I'm not saying we can't improve at set pieces, but I do think we're a lot better than we have been in, in the last five or 10 years um, at defending set pieces. So away from home, as we said, defensively, I think we're a lot, lot better at home. I think we don't open up as much away from home as we do at home. Um, but I also think this Everton side isn't the best I've seen for a long, long time. I'd probably argue that it's probably one of the worst that I've seen at the minute quality-wise um, for quite a few years. I think what gets them through is their fight and their fan base. And you look at the likes of Sean Dyke that, that sets them up and and it's that aspect that gets them to, to where they what are. What score are you going for? <laughs> I said that it's like asking, a, poli yeah, it's, it's like asking a politician a, a, a question and he goes off onto this tangent off onto that tangent I already said 3-0 mate just uh, you know developing my point okay okay yeah you, you, your media career has ended um, <laughs> Hilsey are you doing your traditional 4-0 no, no do you know what I've said we're going to win by miles in the last two visits to Goodison um, I'm not going to do it this time. This this could be our last ever visit to Goodison, by the way. You know, next year they're going to be, be interesting to see what they'd be like in the championship. So I'm going to go completely the other way this time. I'm going to go for a George Graham one nil to the Arsenal. I'll take that all day long. Uh, I think, uh, like Dan Dan uh, very eloquently put across, I think defensively um, away from home we are better, and I think we keep clean sheet. And I'm going to agree with Dan again, twice in one night. I'm going to go 3-0. Uh, stop waffling, mate. Come What's on. What's wrong with you? 
<laughs> uh, Kev, a couple of questions in the chat that we've starred. Uh, the first one is uh, is from myself and Dan and some of the rest. Uh, get yourself down block five, block six, joining the songs. Are you coming down block five before a no. game? No. No. <laughs> You'd be. I might see you. I might see you if you if you wave to me. I might be pit side, but if I go to the Emirates now, it's usually for work. So right. I don't, won't get a chance to see you guys, unfortunately. And the last question is just on uh, here. Andrew in the chat says, uh, if there was one player you'd like to play with out of the cur- current squad, uh, who and why would uh, would you like to play with that player? Uh, probably Saka. Yeah. Um, I, I think somebody who's come through the ranks, who's carried the team for a couple of seasons as a young kid, um, his ceiling is is massive. I still think he's only playing at 60-70% of his capacity as well. He's got so much to develop. And um, do you know what? There's going to be times where he gets 20 goals a season. Watch. So, yeah. I think Saka. He's the best thing I've seen at Arsenal in a long, long time. I just watched him since he was a kid. and Special, I Special. Yeah, oh, he's, a, he's got everything. And you watch him develop, and, and I've watched his attitude develop as well. Such a lovely young man, you know, level-headed. That n- Nothing's going to get on top of Asaka. He's going to take any stride, and he's going to move on and move on. And I just wish Southgate would play him a little less, that's all. I don't want him getting injured, you know. But, yeah. Just... Do you know what else, Hilsey? Go on. I want ESR to get the opportunity and take it when he yeah. starts. Yeah. Carabao yeah. Cup, I want him to come in. Yeah. really shine. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, um, give give, give Arteta a needs. problem. Yeah, yeah. That's, what he, that's what he needs to do. He needs to let Arteta know I'm still here and I'm still good. Very good. Yeah, yeah just quickly on that one, where, where does ESR get in that team? He gets in the, in the team as, as the eight where Havertz, where Havertz is. Do you For think me, he's that's, that sort of player? Well, he has to be or else he doesn't get in the team. Because he's not going to take Martinelli's spot. So the only spot really for him is that attacking midfielder. But if you can't, if you can only go one way, Dan, this is the issue with ESR. If you can only go one way when you lose the ball, you've got to be able to get back and win it back. And that's something that Havertz does and many people don't give him credit for. He gets back and he wins the ball back. He does graft, I tell you that much. So mm. ESR has to add that to his game. Yeah, mm. that, that goal that um, the goal that Odegaard scored on on, on the first goal against Manchester United yeah. reminded me a lot of what Odegaard of what um, Smith Rowe did as a younger player. I watched him a lot, you know. And he, for me, Smith Rowe fight he can go in a crowded box or on the edge of a crowded box and find a yard, you know. And that's a special skill for me as a fan. And I was excited about Smith Rowe. I still am. I still think he's going to give to the Arsenal. Injuries haven't helped him. And Carabao Cup comes around. Smith Rowe plays. And if he plays well, he's going to be saying to Arteta, drop me if you dare. Look at me now. You know, look at me now. But so, the other type of headaches the manager wants. Yeah, That's, absolutely. He wants everybody playing well. Talking of headaches, Kev, I owe you a few beers, mate. Do you remember when I was in Manning a few months ago and I went in that Everton bar, right? It's full of Everton blokes and we're having a lovely chat with them, getting on really well. And I messaged you and said, Kev, send me a quick message for the Everton fans, right? So I showed it to them, right? 
Oh, I didn't pay for a beer the rest of the night, mate. So thank you very much. <laughs> you, you don't normally anyway. What you want about? Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, we, we've really overrun and we've taken your time up as well, uh, Kev. Really, thank you. Really enjoyed it. It's a pleasure, Listen, guys. Um, it's a pleasure. We're only a small little podcast. Uh, you know, if you like what we do, Go on to YouTube, uh, click on uh, the uh, subscribe and click the bell to get re uh, reminded of the podcast and hit the like button as well for us. Uh, we're getting close to our target of 1,000 uh, subscribers. We're up to 923, 24. So we picked up about 10 last week. So whatever platform you're watching or, 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 or listening on, just take a moment to go over to YouTube and just click on it. It just helps us out. It helps our egos more than anything else. And if you've got nothing else to do, there's no hybrid squad tonight. Um, uh, so um, that's why Kev has been able to stay here longer. Gunnar V. Cancer is still on YouTube. He's this been going for... Is this the for... last hour? This is the last hour. We're last... into the final hour. Yeah, so final let's hour. get on there. Get supporting GunnarsVCancer.com. It's up to 20... Uh, just shy of $29,000 he's collected for cancer. Uh, Mike has been going for 27 hours and, and you know, that's him in the top left-hand corner. Well done, Mike. Uh, we're going to sign off now, but before we do, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an Arsenal podcast without a little. We'll just do a small clip. Here we go. We've done you again. We've done you again <laughs> every time. It just does me. It just gets me. Just really gets me. I just love the fact that we've got our anthem now. And you know that it's good when you start winding people up on social media and they're biting about it. You know you're on to something good then. But I'm going to shut up now, Ferg, because surely it's got to be a, a last word from our very special guest tonight, hasn't it, mate? Yeah. Go on. Kev, close the show. Well, listen, guys, uh, it's a pleasure coming on with you all. Um, it's great to see you guys all celebrating Arsenal, backing the players, getting behind a football club. I, I truly hope everybody gets behind the whole team. And do you know what? There's some exciting times ahead. So long may these podcasts be happy. Long may uh, Arsenal forever touch Trev and I want to see Trev's tattoos out all over Europe there you go so yeah. enjoy yourselves guys and thanks for thanks for having me on you are on Mr Campbell you are on I, I want to see you Trev you're going to get nudes aren't you you're going to get nudes all the way from Seville I know man get tattoos that's what I meant yeah 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 don't worry yeah <laughs> Uh, guys, uh, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Thank you very much, Trevor, Capo Dan, Danish Schooner, and of course yourself, Kevin Campbell. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. 
Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.